Welcome to the 12th episode of Online Theatre Collaborative, Innovations in Digital Theatre. I'm Neil Wexler, a playwright and filmmaker from Buffalo, New York. I'm here with Buffalo-based theatre artist Victoria Perez, Artistic Director of Raices Theatre Company. Thanks so much for being here, Victoria. Thank you, thank you, it's a pleasure. You're currently in the Year of Magical Thinking, a digital production by the Irish Classical Theatre Company. Could you tell us about that project? It's a one-woman show, originally a novel written by the great Joan Didion, and then it became a one-woman play, and it was on Broadway for a few months, and now we're doing it. A very different experience if you're used to live theater, but extremely fulfilling because the subject matter is something that, for anyone that has experienced loss, obviously, is something that's very near and dear to our hearts, but also in the times that we're living, everyone's experiencing loss. What was the process for filming a play like this, and what were some of the challenges? The director, Kyle Lacanti, and the film company, Pan American Film Division, and the director of photography, Travis Carlson, we never wanted it to be, okay, we want to do this as if it was theater for the camera, because we know, we know that it doesn't translate well. If we're going to do it the digital way, then let's go all in with that notion, right? because there's no way to replicate a live audience. There's no way to replicate that relationship that the actor has and how they feed off of each other. So it was like, okay, let's really shoot it thinking that it's a movie. Or, you know, not a movie, but you know what I mean. I've done little bits of, you know, commercials and like industrial films, but never anything of this scale. So the first challenge was just getting comfortable with that camera being in my face the whole time. Not only the camera, but the camera operator. So like just getting really comfortable with him and sharing my space with him, kind of like seeing the camera as the character because in the play, the woman is talking to someone, right? So I think it was the natural fit to make it that she's talking to the camera so that it does feel to the viewer like she's talking to the viewer, you know? But at times that camera was really close to my face but then you get really comfortable with it and, and you're really telling the story through the lens. So that was, that was a new experience that I had never been through and I ended up loving it. How do you put yourself in that mindset throughout the performance of addressing the camera as if it were a person? We played a lot with who is she talking to and how does a person talk to another person? What is it that they do? So it's about breaking that down, right? At the center, it's always the story. No matter if it's in front of a camera, no matter if it's in front of an audience, it's always the story. And how is it that we want to tell the story, right? So it was about pinpointing how does a person talk to another person? Now, and I'm doing it right now, right? We're on camera with each other and I'm not really looking at you. I'm looking up and I'm thinking. But when I really want to make a point, I'm going to look at you because I want to connect and I want you to know this is important, right? So it was about really deconstructing how we communicate, especially one person to another person, and then figuring out what are the moments that there's thought and there's reflection, right? And there's magical thinking when it comes specifically to this play. And then what are the moments where it's peering right to the camera and making those deliberate you also work as a teaching artist. How were you able to transition this past year to online teaching? With my work with Chase Performing Arts Center, all of the teaching this past year has been virtual and extremely challenging. But I think the big turning point was when we were all like, we're not doing 
theater, right? Because, you know, everybody in the staff, we're all like huge lovers of theater, right? And we protect it. We're like, but we can't be in the same space. Who are they playing to? And once we got rid of all those questions and we were like, it's really about filming. It's really about developing different skill sets. When we're all in these screens, you have to work so hard at developing ensemble when it comes to the students, right? At getting to know each other and making sure that they're comfortable so that then we can say, okay, go ahead and film yourselves. So what is it that we're teaching, right? So before we would never teach self-tape. Now, each part of our programming, of our camps, of our residencies, there is a a portion that it's all about self-tape. It's a brand new skill set, right? Because now these kids are having to do it themselves. And at first it's daunting, but then you're like, my God, we're teaching them a brand new thing. You know, they're not only acting, right? They're not only writing, because everything that I do, I believe in making up. They are directors, because they're directing themselves when they're doing the self-tape. They're hooking up their lighting. We're talking about camera angles. So they're doing that all themselves, and they're like 10, 11, 12 years old. So to me, it's just like, yes, it's daunting at first, but at the same time, what a beautiful opportunity to do something that you never thought you would do. And then you see it and it's there forever. When it's when it's a live performance, it's fleeting, right? It goes away, it stays in our memory, right? But all of these things that we've done in the past year, especially at Shays, all of it is, we could just rewatch it whenever we want, you know? And it's, that's kind of neat. I kind of like that. Switching now to your work with Raisa's Theater Company, earlier this year, you did a stage reading online. Could you talk about that? Yeah, yeah, that was, it started off, it was a musical, a children's musical, started off as a 10-minute musical, and then it was developed into a 45-minute musical, all, you know, happening in the pandemic. But we knew we wanted to do it. It was about how do we do it? We can't do it in front of an audience. I didn't want to do the, everybody tapes their own thing, and then we edit it together. I didn't think that it would translate. And the good thing about our company is that a lot of us are in the same nucleus, right? We are mostly family, right? So everybody felt safe because we were all in the same bubble. Everybody wore their masks during rehearsals, but it was decided to film it like a filmed concert with a little bit of blocking, just a little tiny bit of blocking. You know, for me as a director, it was about what is the moment that I want to have the most impact? This is the moment that I want to have a little bit of blocking because everything else was done with music stands and they're just standing like a reading. But the little gift that we give the audience where the camera is going to move in, where I'm going to have different lighting, that's the thing that now we're all thinking about as directors, right? When we're trying to transfer from live to film. In theater, for me as a director, I'm constantly thinking in moments. I'm working moments with actors. But I've learned that in film, it's about being super specific about what are the moments, right? What am I going to do with all my tools so that it translates and, and so that it's portrayed the way that I want it to be portrayed? Like a camera, right? We have to zoom in when it comes to telling stories in a different medium. But it's really about just, if you put the story first, I'm a huge advocate for story first. If you put the story first and then the medium second, then you're going to figure it out. It should never be the medium first. And I hear that it's becoming a book. Yes, (laughs) it sure is. It's so, it's so amazing. The journey of El Closet Magico, the magic closet. It's, uh, you know, written by my sister. It became this musical and elongated to 45 minutes. And then she saw something from a publishing company, a brand new publishing company that they were looking for authors. And she just reached out 
and they loved it. And she's now in the process of making the first book for young audience with illustrations and it's being developed by the company and she's got her editor and now it's going to become a three book series. I mean, like it's the coolest thing to happen to something that started as a 10 minute musical and, and to think of the possibilities and really to allow ourselves to play, you know, because that's what it was all about for that specific musical was, you know, these adults playing, playing a rooster and a frog and a pig and, you know, how is it that we tell the story to a younger audience? So it's it's been great, and I cannot wait to see what else happens with El Closet Magico. How might you see theater companies continue to use this online space? What were some of the benefits? One thing that was surprising and just fascinating was the fact that, you know, especially with Raices Theater Company, our stuff is very culturally specific, right? And unfortunately it's been very hard to reach the Latino community, right? Not to reach, to have them come because, you know, we do this all so that they're empowered through their own stories and we're empowered through their own stories. But when we did a Closet Magico, most of our sales were from Puerto Rico, from Florida, from New York City. All of those, you know, family and friends that could never come to see it or to see anything we've done were so excited that they could finally see it. I mean, my husband is from Venezuela. His family has obviously never seen any of our work. El Closet Magico was the very first time they saw any of our work. I mean, that's huge. That's huge that our work went all the way to Venezuela. You know what I mean? And as a producer, that's just like, we have to continue to do things like this. This is the goal, right? To reach as many people as you can. If it wasn't for these times that we're living, we would have never tried to do anything virtual. But it really pushed us to think more global. We're all Latinos living in this diaspora here in the United States. And when you have that, like, for real connection with where we come from, it's just, there's no feeling like it. And it was provided by online theater. So it's definitely something we have to keep doing. The challenge, I think, is that once the pandemic is over, will theater companies devote the resources to developing this space, especially since we still need to do a lot of work to improve it. So there's an infrastructure challenge, a technical challenge, an artistic challenge. Any thoughts on how we overcome those challenges? I know it's a tough question. My favorite word during this whole pandemic has been hybrid. If it's taught us anything is that there's never just one way of doing things. As producers, as theater companies, we have to allow many entry points for the audience. You said it was a tough question. I don't have the answer to it. But I do know and I hope that the majority of theater companies or that all theater companies start thinking in that way of always having that virtual programming where you are allowing not just that local base to have access to your shows. I think of students that they never go to the theater, but they watch everything on TV and on their screens. So now we can get them. I keep thinking that every company should have an online wing. Certain companies would use it for play development, others for outreach. And maybe the space isn't so much for product as for process, a space for exploration. That's a dope idea to think of it as, as an exploration, right? The, the cool thing about that, too, is that the possibilities of the, the minds that can be in the same room when you do it online 
where you could have people from all over the world sharing space and figuring out a problem and the solution and, and the process that, that is fascinating because you wouldn't have that in person. So why not, why not use that medium? Why not squeeze everything out of it? Right? Like, I mean, I, I think of all the classes that I've been able to take with people that I would never afford it to go and take a class with them or hear them speak. And, and it's all because of this, right? So to think of a, of theater companies creating just like a wing, like you said, um, of programming where it's not product uh, focused, where it's, you know, process sounds like a natural fit, you know? And what are the best links for the year of magical thinking and also for your work at Raices Theater Company? Yeah, for a year of magical thinking, uh, it would be irishclassical.com. You could also find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For Raices Theater Company, it would be the whole name, raicestheatercompany.com. Uh, and you could also find us on all the social media platforms. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. This was a lot of fun. I loved it. <laughs>